Thank you for making us part of your Saturday here on ESPN Radio. It's Dickerson and Hood. We're also on the ESPN app and Sirius XM Channel 80. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. We've talked a lot about how the Blue Jays are going to have to play games not in Canada. The Canadian federal government has said uh, they have been denied approval to play in Toronto. So some other options for them could be Buffalo, could be Florida. The Toronto Raptors have actually, Jonathan, been in Florida since June 22nd. They reported to the NBA bubble in Orlando in early July, but they have been sequestered for a long time. It's our pleasure to welcome in Josh Lewenberg uh, from TSN in Canada. He's the Raptors beat reporter. He joins us on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. Josh, thanks for giving us some time here. So the Raptors have been away for, for quite some time. What has the organization done to keep those players sane? Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. It's, they got a, a two-week head start in terms of what everyone else is going through right now, a little bit of a, a taste of bubble life, uh, the, the pre-bubble bubble, as, as they were calling it. Uh, and it sounds like it was a little bit different. I mean, obviously it's going to be different when it's one team, 17 players, uh, 45 or so people in one hotel and they did have an entire hotel to themselves in Fort Myers, Florida uh, versus now, of course, when they're scattered uh, amongst three hotels in in terms of the NBA's bubble, uh, 22 teams, 350 players or or so. So it it sounds like it's been a little bit different, certainly a bit of an adjustment over the last week or so. They were one of the last teams to arrive uh, at Disney. But in in terms of the, the the sanity factor it, it sounds like they're doing a pretty good job at least in comparison to some of these other teams where you heard a lot of complaints early on about the food and about the accommodations the rooms the entertainment all of that i mean the raptors are a veteran group they're experienced and obviously they're pretty focused on the task at hand trying to repeat as champions so i haven't heard any complaining from them yet it's still early of course and i think at some point they're going to get stir crazy like everyone else but they've done a pretty good job it sounds like of keeping themselves sane so far well josh because uh, they've had a head start on a lot of teams does that give the raptors any advantage as far as them being down there for a while other teams are not used to the accommodations do the toronto raptors have a little bit of a leg up it's a good question, and I think it, it might factor in. As I said, I, I don't think they were exactly the same in terms of the environment, but I, I think it was, I mean, it was similar in the sense that they got a, a general idea of what it was going to be like to be away from their families and get accustomed to this very strange and unusual way of living, um, being on their own and sort of secluded from, from everything else that's, that's going on having to walk around with their masks and, and social distancing and even strange things like the idea of playing tennis or playing ping pong, but playing singles, not playing doubles. I mean, they, they got a couple weeks of a, a head start on all of that. So I, I think it might be a bit of an advantage. I do think the Raptors have an advantage in the bubble, but it, it, it's more about what I mentioned earlier. They're a veteran group. They've been together a long time. There's a certain level of maturity there and certainly a championship pedigree there. And then another thing is, I think this sort of stems from the head coach. When you think Nick Nurse, I mean, certainly a lot of people around the NBA didn't really know who he was a couple of years ago before he got the Raptors head coaching job. But what do people think about Nick Nurse now? I think the first thing that comes to a lot of people's mind is the creativity, the flexibility, the ability to think, 
outside of the box, as it were. I mean, literally the box and one comes to mind in terms of uh, his game plan against the Golden State Warriors in the NBA Finals. He has, I think, sort of rubbed off on a lot of his players in that they've become very creative, very flexible on the court. And then I think it's sort of morphed into their identity off the court as well. If you look at what they've done this season, Kawhi Leonard, gone. Danny Green, gone. A lot of people counting them out. A ton of injuries that they had to face throughout the year. So the obstacles kept on mounting. And yet they sort of just put that aside and just found ways to adapt and adjust. And let's put it this way. There's going to have to be a lot of adapting, a lot of adjusting, a lot of going with the flow in this unprecedented environment that they and 21 other teams are in. So the fact that they have that ability and that willingness to be flexible, I think, could go a long way in this environment. And that's where I think they have a big advantage. Josh Lewenberg from TSN in Canada is our guest on Dickerson and Hood, TSPN Radio, and the ESPN app. You mentioned everything, Josh, that the Raptors have overcome this year. Give us a sense of what are expectations like for this team in Toronto? I mean, coming off a championship, they were second in the Eastern Conference when things got shut down. Um, Sometimes when a team finally breaks through, you know how it is. Uh, Everyone's like, oh, relieved. We finally got one. We're good. But, like, what kind of pressure is going to be on this team uh, when this resumes uh, to get back and potentially challenge for another finals appearance? No, I think the expectations are high internally. And, I mean, even from the outside looking in, I think a lot of people are looking at this Raptors team and saying, okay, well, there's something here, something that a lot of people didn't think would be there at the beginning of the year, as, as we talked about when Kawhi left. But uh, throughout the season, despite playing without Kawhi, and, and I mean, in terms of the injuries, they were top five in the NBA in man games lost. And we're not just talking about guys at the end of the bench. I mean, literally everybody in their rotation, except for OG Ananobi, missed at least 10 games. And it's not like everybody was out at one time. It was sort of scattered throughout the season. They haven't been healthy since the beginning of the year. So in that sense, you look at what they're returning to, and this long hiatus although it's going to take them some time to get the rhythm and conditioning back and all of that it, it may have been a blessing in the in disguise the silver lining of course here is that physically everyone should be healthy mark gasol who was dealing with that lingering hamstring injury that cost him 28 games this season uh, that supposedly is fully healed and although he had returned just before the um the pandemic hit the thought was he wasn't going to be 100% at any point during the season or in the playoffs. Now, presumably, he will. Kyle Lowry, who historically has played really well at the beginning of seasons and then has sort of worn down as the season has gone on because of uh, all the hits he takes and just how hard he plays, all the minutes he logs, he's had all this time to rest and get healthy. So I think when you look at what they've done so far, their body of work this season, despite all those injuries, now, I mean, if you if you factor in the, the health that they should have going back into things, I believe they think that the best is yet to come, that they haven't really peaked in terms of what they're capable of. Um, the Eastern Conference hasn't run away with them. Milwaukee is clearly the favorite, but I think they see themselves right behind Milwaukee and knowing, of course, they beat the Bucks 
in a seven-game series and came back from that 0-2 hole last year in the conference finals gives them some confidence even against Milwaukee. So I think the expectations are really high. It's just a matter of, and I think that the biggest question all along has been, are they ready to take the next step in the playoffs? Are they just a regular season team now without Kawhi? Or, or can they dominate the way they did at times last year during the playoffs without having that superstar player? Is Pascal Siakam that guy? Or can they make up for not having that guy just because of the depth and the coaching and all of that that they have? That's the biggest question. Josh, the thing that resonates with me the most about the Raptors is uh, the size, the the jumbo combinations that you see. The names that you mentioned are just moments ago, guys like Lowry, Anubi, Siakam, Ibaka, uh, Gasol. That's a lot of size there. How much do you believe the length and size of the Raptors really helps their chances of being able to win the East? Well, the versatility is a nice thing to have for sure in the Eastern Conference. Uh, especially going into the playoffs and looking at some of these teams that they're likely to face. It's funny because, I mean, last year they were so good defensively, especially in the playoffs. They were so versatile. And then you subtract Kawhi Leonard, one of the best defensive players, I mean, in NBA history, I think that's pretty pretty safe to say. And then Danny Green is also a really good defender. You subtract those two guys, and yet the Raptors have actually gotten better defensively. They're the second-best defensive team in the NBA just behind Milwaukee this season. And, yeah, I, I think the size and the versatility has a lot to do with it. OG Ananobi, um, he probably one of the most underrated defenders in the NBA right now. He wasn't really a factor last season. He didn't play at all in the playoffs. So he has... Uh, helped make up for the loss of Kawhi. He's their um, number one perimeter defender, the guy that you normally throw against the other team's best perimeter player. And look at the challenge that he's going to face in the playoffs. At some point, they'll probably see Boston maybe in the second round. You've got Jason Tatum there. Uh, maybe Ben Simmons at some point, Giannis in the conference finals, if they make it that far. And if they're fortunate enough to make it back to the NBA finals, he's got to deal with probably either Kawhi or LeBron. So having a guy like OG Ananobi helps. Pascal Siakam is a really good defensive player too and can defend uh, almost every position, certainly one through four. They have the versatility as a group to go small. They start with a couple of point guards, something that very few teams do, starting two sub-six-footers in Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Vliet. But the toughness of both of those guys allows them to play bigger than their size. But uh, they've also got two of the better centers in the NBA in terms of Marc Gasol, another great defender, and Serge Ibaka. So they've talked a lot about, and this is something we haven't seen a ton of over the last couple of years, but they've talked about the possibility of playing those two together in the front court, as well as Siakam at the three, OG Ananobi at the two, which is a pretty big lineup. We saw it a little bit against Philadelphia in the playoffs last year. Of course, the Sixers are a big team, and if they face Philadelphia again you might need to do that but I, I think they like the idea that they can go big they can go small they can match up with just about every type of team and, and their history of, of getting under Giannis's skin and, and various other players uh, in the playoffs last year I, I think that's given them this reputation of being a really good really versatile defensive team thank you for the insight Josh really appreciate it my friend keep up the great work okay 
All right, guys. Take care. Josh Lewenberg from TSN Canada on the show, Pennzoil Performance Line. And we'll talk with Laura Armstrong of the Toronto Star on the Blue Jays not being able to play in Canada this season. Uh, She will join us in the 6 p.m. Eastern hour. Coming up next, the Washington Football Club is not the only pro sports organization with a toxic culture. So what advice could someone from the Mavericks provide? You'll hear that next. It's Dickerson and Hood. It's ESPN Radio.